Well, it's good to see all of you here this morning and uh, to celebrate this first Sunday of Advent together. Of course, Advent is that season in the life of the church where we uh, do two things, really, that we often uh, forget, one of them. And one is that we wait in hope for the second coming of Jesus Christ when uh, God will establish his kingdom on earth and there will be justice and mercy and love and peace will reign. It will be the new heaven and the new earth. And then, of course, we also look back and we celebrate the first coming of Christ and the birth of the Christ child. Of course, what we celebrate at Christmas is the greatest gift that God has ever given us, and that is the gift of Jesus Christ. But this week, or this uh, Advent season, we're going to look at also some of the gifts that Jesus brings when, for us when he comes to earth. Great things like love and joy and peace and rest. These things that God wants us to experience fully in our lives. So each week we will take each one of those gifts, one of those gifts. Uh, if you look in your bulletin today, you'll see that it says we're going to look at the gift of love. But uh, I decided to switch things up. <laughs> So we're going to look at love, the gift of love, on the Sunday before Christmas. Today we're going to look at the gift of peace. I want to encourage you during Advent to do a couple of things. One, I really encourage you in the midst of this busyness, uh, which is so um, contrary to what Advent really should be. It shouldn't be all about busyness and going 100 miles an hour. It should be a time of reflection and uh, rest, really. So I want to encourage you to take some time to reflect and to really ponder the wonder of God becoming one of us. It's the grand miracle, as C.S. Lewis says. Also, I would encourage you to come to worship every week. Um, and those of you online, if you're in the area, come to worship. It's different in person, and we need to be together as the community of faith. So please try to make that a priority each Sunday to come, uh, even in the midst of all that's going on. So today I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. One is a great Advent text that we read every Advent, and that is Isaiah 9. Uh, it comes from Isaiah 9. It's Isaiah's prophecy about the coming Christ, the Messiah. And then I'll read from Philippians chapter 4. Um, so let me read first Isaiah. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then from Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, Present your request to God. And here's this great promise. And the peace of God, 
which transcends or passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you would speak to us a very clear word today uh, about the peace that you have come to give us. And God, I pray for uh, anyone here this morning, especially who uh, is struggling and does not know that peace and is instead filled with anxiety and worry. I pray that this would be a helpful message, one that could um, bring them hope and help them access this peace that passes all understanding. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, if you've ever walked down Fifth Avenue in New York City, I am sure, I don't know how you can miss it, I am sure you've seen that amazing statue, sculpture of Atlas, the strongest man in the world. Atlas is, uh, it, it's a picture of enormous power and strength. This is a massive man with bulging muscles and expansive shoulders, uh, bulging, ripped quadriceps. <laughs> However, even though Atlas is the strongest man in the world, according to Greek mythology, he is struggling to remain standing. And you know why. Because he's carrying the weight of the world, the entire world, on his shoulders. Have you ever felt like Atlas? Have you ever felt like you're carrying the weight, bearing the entire weight of the world on your shoulders? You know, I'm sure you are familiar with our idiom, carrying the weight of the world. It, it comes from this story of Atlas, of course. And it means a person who is carrying immense responsibility or worries or concerns. And maybe you've felt that way before. Even overwhelmed to the point that you felt there was no way out. That no matter what you did, you could not solve the problem you are facing. My hunch is that this morning there's probably more than one or two persons who are at least feeling in part like you are carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Because it's easy today, isn't it? We live in anxious times. For the first time in, uh, since we hid under our desks. <laughs> Remember those drills, if you were alive at that time? Hid, hiding under desks because of the threat of nuclear war. First time in 50, 60 years we have talked seriously about the, the threat of nuclear holocaust. Or maybe it's uh, just the everyday concerns that all of us have about children or aging parents or our own health or just the speed of life in the 21st century. It can feel easily, can't it? Like sometimes we are carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders and we long for this peace that Jesus has come to give us. Would you like that peace? You know, I think as we look at these gifts over the next few weeks, each gift, 
I think really represents a deep yearning that all of us have in our hearts. Yearning for things like love, unconditional love, and hope, and joy. Not happiness, but joy. And peace. So if you're looking for peace this morning, you're in the right place. It's a good thing you didn't sleep in. Because this is where the Christian message begins. That first scripture uh, from the book of Isaiah, what a great Advent reading. Hundreds of years before Christ came to earth, Isaiah prophesied about the coming Messiah, the nature of the coming Messiah. And he he tells us about the nature of the incarnate God, God with flesh, Jesus Christ. Did you catch the names? They're so important. You see, Christ reflects the very nature of God. If you want to know what God is like, Christ is God with flesh. And Isaiah says that Jesus is the wonderful counselor, The one who is always there to counsel us, to guide us through life, to show us like a good counselor, to show us things about ourselves that we can't know on our own. He is the counselor that understands our struggles and empathizes, that comforts us in our fears and our worries, and is wise beyond any earthly advisor. We have seen that Jesus Christ is not only the wonderful counselor, but also what? Mighty God. What a great juxtaposition. This God who empathizes and has mercy and cares and is our guide is also the the same God who was from the very beginning. The creator God who spoke and all came into being. Jesus is this same God, this mysterious, huge, transcendent, omniscient, omnipotent God who is powerful, mighty, beyond our imagination. Jesus is mighty, powerful enough to help us through any situation or circumstance that may come our way in life. Jesus is the mighty God who defeated death itself. Isaiah also tells us that Jesus is the everlasting Father. Now, for some of us, when we hear the word Father, it's tough for us because our own biological Father may have failed us and hurt us. So when we think of the word Father, the everlasting Father, we have to know this is the perfect Father. The one, although strong and powerful, can also bend down to a child and give us hugs and encouragement. He is the perfect father, the divine blend of strength and gentleness. And he's the everlasting father, the one who is always there for us, dependable and faithful, never wavering in his love for us. And then, as we learn today for our passage, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. In other words, Jesus is the one who can bring 
peace to our hearts when we feel torn by stress or confusion or difficult circumstances. Jesus can give us peace. Even when we feel the weight of the world upon our shoulders. Now, you know what the secret is to this type of peace that we find in this passage? It's right at the front of the, the passage. Did you catch, catch it? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And here's the phrase that's easy to pass over or really not to understand. And the government, the government will be upon his shoulders, not ours. Do you see it? Do you get it? And like we said earlier, as Don referred to it, and I referred to it in my comments before, this refers to the time when the kingdom of God will finally come in all its fullness, and justice will be established, as God intended from the beginning. And there will be no more war, and no more disease, and no more, no more injustice, and no more death. And every tear will be wiped away, as it says in the book of Revelation. This is what we wait for. And in fact, this is what we yearn for. Do you ever yearn for that? For there to be an end of all the pain and the hurt and the injustice and the disease and all the rest of this world. You know, it was not how it was supposed to be. And someday, Scripture tells us, all that will come to an end. And Jesus will reign over the fullness of his kingdom. The government will be on his shoulders. But until then, I think what this refers to is the government of our own personal lives. That Jesus is Lord of our lives when we allow him to be, that he is the one who governs our lives. And the secret to peace, personal peace, the secret to being able to handle life challenges with unshakable confidence, lies in one very simple truth. We are not designed. We are not meant to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, to be the Lord of our own lives and the Lord of other lives. Instead, what this passage is saying is we are to let Jesus Christ govern our lives, to be our Lord, and really, this is what it means to be our Savior and Lord. A Savior is the one who has the power and the desire to save, to bring all the pieces of our lives together, to extricate, extricate us from overwhelming situations in which we find ourselves. In other words, we don't carry the burdens of our lives just on our shoulders, but we transfer them to the Prince of Peace. The problems and worries and anxieties that may weigh us down may still be present. The problems may still be there. God doesn't promise that we will have problem-free lives. But instead of carrying them ourselves, what do we do? We present them and we give them to Jesus. And somehow, in that transfer, 
and I think this is where the passes all understanding part comes in. <laughs> Somehow in that simple transfer of giving all those burdens to Christ, we experience peace. The peace that passes all understanding. You see, Christ can handle it because who is he? He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And this is what's amazing about the Christian message. What is it? That this great big God, the wonderful counselor, everlasting God, mighty God, everlasting father, wonderful counselor, has come to earth, has come here to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh. And he continues to come, not just 2,000 years ago, but every day into our lives to be near. As Paul says, the Lord is near. God is with us. Now, this passage from Philippians, our second passage, is amazing. Paul, the author of this letter, is in prison. He's awaiting his own, probably, execution and what turned out to be an execution. His future is in doubt. He has a ton of things he could worry about. All kinds of things that could rob him of peace. And these are the words he writes to his friends in the church in Philippi. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, you know, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Have joy. Let your gentleness, or really that's kind of like, let your coolness <laughs> be evident to all. Here's the key. The Lord is near. God is near. This great big God is not aloof. He's not distant. But rather he's a caring God who has come to us, Emmanuel. So don't be anxious about anything. But instead, in everything, by prayer and petition, and here's the key, with thanksgiving, gratitude, present your request to God and the peace of God. The peace of God, the nature of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's a picture of a sentry on duty, guarding a fort. This is the message of Christmas. This is the miracle of the incarnation. So in very simple terms, this great, big, powerful God wants to be near us. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants to carry the weight of our lives on his shoulders. You know, last week when I interviewed Jen Hilger, amazing young woman, by the way, wasn't she? Or isn't she? <laughs> Still is. And there she is right in front of me. Um, it's amazing to me when she talked about her gratitude journal. Do you, if you remember, she said one of the things she struggled with was anxiety. And as... She started writing in this journal every night and giving thanks to God for the good things in her life. 
one of the things that she realized was a lot of her anxiety disappeared. And I think that's for a number of reasons. I think, number one, going back to what I said, we aren't meant to carry all this, to be alone with all the stuff of life, but rather to be with God, God with us. And as we begin to express gratitude, you know what? We begin to see that God loves us, that God has good things for us, that he wants to carry our burdens. I wanted to say this last week, but we were running out of time. You know, anxiety is an epidemic today, is it not? I think especially among young people, and I don't want to oversimplify anxiety. I've dealt with it in my own life. I know it's complicated, but I think at least in part. Some of the anxiety we are experiencing as a culture is a result of us pushing God to the periphery. No longer having God in the middle, in the center of our lives, trusting God. Instead, you know what we're doing? We're trusting ourselves. Or, even worse, we're trusting politicians. (laughs) Believe me, I'm a political junkie. And I believe that we all ought to be involved. But you know what? My hope, my trust, is not in our politicians. If it was, I'd be anxious. See, I I think this is, here's a freebie today. (laughs) I think one of the reasons why we're giving so much weight to politics, have you noticed that? They've become, they've become a god. We are looking to politics, to politicians, to give us what only God can give us. You know, that that is a, a definition of an idol. To look to something to give us what only God can give us. And as God gets pushed out of the center, we're going to put something in the center. I think politics has become an idol. And because of that, at least in part, we are anxious. They're not going to save us. You know, I have a little exercise I do from time to time when I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. I get away go somewhere quiet, get a pad of paper, and I write a letter to God. Dear God, you tell us in your scripture to cast our burdens upon you because you care for us. Well, God, here are my burdens. And I list them. I try to get in touch with all the fears, all the worries, all the stuff going in my life, all the concerns, the responsibilities that are weighing me down that are making me feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I present my requests, as Paul writes in Philippians. Here they are, God. All of them, please take them and place them on your shoulders. And by the way, I hereby submit my resignation as general manager of the universe. (laughs) That is your job. With much love, Steve. You know, a simple thing, right? And how does that give us peace? I don't understand it. 
but it does. Somehow, giving those things to God in prayer really is what I'm doing. Gives me peace. You know what? I've written this letter a number of times. (laughs) It's not once and for all. It's over and over and over again. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. God, we thank you that you have not left us alone to our own devices. That we are not alone in this world. That you are with us. That you have come close. And not only that, that you want us to share life with you. To give you our burdens, our worries, our concerns, and to let the government be on your shoulders. Lord, may we in this Advent season and for all our lives allow you to be the Lord of our lives, to govern our lives, to guide us, to help us, to take our burdens. And God, may we experience this gift you so much want to give us, the gift of peace. Amen.